into the saloon, hooking his right hand in his belt so it was close to his pearl-handled colt, he shouldered inside. The murky interior gave him pause. He waited for his eyes to adjust, then strolled to the bar. The cocklebur was nearly deserted. It was early afternoon, and other than the bartender and the rider with a bent nose, five men were seated at a corner table playing poker. "'What's your poison, mister?' the bartender asked. He resembled a wad of bread dough poured into an apron. "'Bug juice.' "'You particular about the brand?' So long as it burns going down and kicks like a mule, I'll be happy. The rider turned so his elbows rested on the bar. Coincidentally, he no longer had his back to the bat wings or the corner table, where one of the five players was dealing cards. You're an easy gent to please, the bartender complimented him. I wish all my customers were as agreeable. The rider was given a glass, but he chugged straight from the bottle, using his left hand, although his revolver was on his right side. He took three long swigs that ended with him smacking his lips and smiling. This red eye of yours would grow hair on a rock. The five poker players were examining their cards. They were a quiet bunch. They hadn't said a word since the rider came in. Lowering his voice, the man with the bent nose asked, Are they locals? Never saw them before today, the bartender revealed. Waltzed in here about an hour ago, sat right down, and commenced playing. They're not very friendly. But hell, why should they be when they don't know me from Adam? The rider took another long swallow while peering intently at the corner table from under his hat brim. This town of yours have a law dog? We've got a marshal, but he's taken a prisoner over to the county seat, the bartender said. Why? Do you need a tin star? Just curious is all, the rider said. Gripping the bottle by the neck with his left hand, he walked to a table at the opposite corner from the card players and straddled a chair with his back to the wall. No sooner did he sit down than one of the card players stood and came over to his table. I thought I recognized you. The writer didn't look up. I recognized you, too. Without being invited, the card player pulled out a chair. He wasn't much more than an inch over five feet tall. Bushy eyebrows and glittering dark eyes lent him a sinister aspect. It's been a while, crooked nose. Don't call me that, the writer said. Why the hell not? It's what everyone else calls you. The newspapers, the law. Crooked Nose Neville Bain, the scourge of the cow towns. Isn't that what they wrote about you after that shooting a fray over to Salina? Bain set down the bottle. As he did, his other hand drifted under the table. I won't tell you again. <laughs> I don't see why you're so prickly, the card player complained.
you have a bent nose. Me, I lost a toe once. I accidentally cut it off when I was chopping firewood. But you don't hear me gripe. At least we still have our fingers and hair, which is more than Beanpole Charlie could say after the Blackfeet were done with him. What I don't savvy is why you're being so friendly, Stark. I've never been your favorite person, and you've never been mine. Jesse Stark's laugh was more like a growl. Same old Bane. You always speak your peace and don't care who you offend. But I reckon you can afford to be uppity as many hombres as you bucked out in gore. Go away, Bane said. What's gnawing at you? I pay you a compliment and you bristle like a cactus. You should be friendlier. In case you've forgotten, we're a lot alike, you and me. You must be drunk. I haven't had a sip, believe it or not, Stark replied. I have to stay sober. Me and the boys have something special planned. He glanced at the bartender who was arranging bottles, then leaned across the table. As for being alike, we both have a string of killings to our credit. Granted, your tally is higher, but it won't always be. I have plans, big plans. Before I'm done, I'll be as famous as that other Jesse, Jesse James. Maybe more so. You misjudge me. Are you denying you have a string of shootings as long as my arm? Stark snorted. I'm not denying anything, Bain said. But you're the one wanted by every lawman in Kansas and Missouri. Texas, too, I hear tell. I'm not wanted anywhere that I know of. You make it sound as if that makes you better than me, Jesse Stark said. But when folks talk about gun sharks, they mention you in the same breath as Ben Thompson, Jim Courtright, and John Ringo. What's that brown coming out of your ears? Bane said. Stark sat back and drummed his fingers on the table. I was thinking of asking you to join us, but not now. Your trouble is that you always look down your nose at the rest of us. One day someone is going to shoot that ugly nose right off. Anyone who wants to try is welcome to. There you go again. You are one smug bastard. Stark spread his hands on the table. But I didn't walk over here to sling affronts. Fact is, I want to be sociable and give you a friendly warning. How's that again? Just then a townsman and a bowler entered. Jesse Stark tensed and eyed the man suspiciously. When the townsman went to the bar and asked for a drink, Stark visibly relaxed. A friendly warning, he repeated. No one here has recognized you yet other than me. Once they do, it wouldn't surprise me if they asked you to skedaddle, same as they did to you in Topeka. His grin was cold as an icicle. Out of the goodness of my heart, I will spare you the inconvenience. 
Is there a point to this? I told you. The boys and me have something planned. Once we light the fuse, hell will seem like a church picnic compared to Whistler's Flat. The people will be as riled as hornets. You might not want the attention. Crooked-nosed Bane didn't say anything. Well, don't I rate a thanks? Warning you is right neighborly of me, don't you think? The bank, Bane guessed. Not hard to figure, was it? And a little fun after. How soon before you light the fuse? Crooked-nosed Bane asked. Stark took a badly scratched and battered pocket watch from a pocket and consulted the timepiece. It's a little before two. We aim to start the festivities at six, just as the bank is fixing to close. We hear their marshal is out of town, but some of the good citizens are bound to come down with a dose of brave. They won't catch us, though. Not that close to dark. And if me and my men ride hell-bent for leather all night, they never will. He chuckled. I have it worked out in detail. Crooked-nosed Bane said, All right, you've done your good deed for the year, now, Scott. I do my drinking alone. Stark pushed his chair back and rose. I don't know why I bothered. I should have known better. You must be hankering to bed down with the sawdust. The flinty edge in Bane's tone caused Jesse Stark to back up a step and anxiously say,